Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. Hey, Kara. How are you today? I'm doing okay. The dogs are exceptionally barky today, so I'm just keeping my fingers crossed we can get through this without a ton of barking, (laughs) howling, whimpering. It's just a lot of drama in the Swift household today from the canine family members. Lots of drama. It is. Earlier, Rondo, was it, was barking in the hallway where there's like no windows and... There's no reason for it. He's just old and he's got some dementia and he just sometimes needs to bark a little bit. And then he gets the, I call her the puppy, the almost two-year-old howling mournfully. And then the other Labrador, who's middle-aged Labrador, he thinks something must be going on, so he's very active and he has the big bark. So it's been been a lot of drama over here, and it, it seems to be nonstop because there's just constant action in front of the house. You need to get those people across the street from you to get whatever they're getting done, done, so that your yep. life can go back to being peace and the dogs can quit worrying about everything. I know. They said one month. They'd had the house done in a month. So... Hopefully that'll help, but I don't know, maybe not, because then they're going to be living there and, and causing a scene out but in front of my house. For folks that don't know, I, I've never, I live in a neighborhood, but I've never had anyone in front of my house. We just had a big, empty, beautiful wooded lot, and now they're building a house there. So my dogs have this big window that they sit in, and they watch the action all day long and comment on it. And so they hadn't had as much action, but now we have a lot of action because there's workers coming in and out. The house builders are always outside. The homeowners are showing up and checking it. So it's pretty loud. It's been an adjustment around here. Been an adjustment. Well, nice. Their TV channel switched. They have a new season and it's very exciting. So yay. It is. What are we talking about today? I don't, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. You came up with this topic, building your round table is what we're talking about today. To think a little bit about this one. So I'm excited to get your take. Kim, tell us what a round table is and why do we need one for our small animal-based business? I so want to be sarcastic and just say a round table is a round table that you have in your house. However, <laughs> in this particular case, it is a metaphor for having a table of advisors. And it probably, the name, if you want to get really trivial, related comes from the King Arthur legend where they sit at the round table and plan for the kingdom. So if you are the king of your business, this is your ability or your opportunity to build a group of people that can sit at that table with you in a metaphorical sense, not a literal sense, but a metaphorical sense. They can sit at that table with you and advise you in how to better run your business. So for me, this is a critical piece of business building that a lot of people miss. In my first business, when I started, my first business that did end up in bankruptcy court, I will be flat out honest with that, I didn't have a roundtable. I didn't have advisors. I didn't have anybody that I could go to. And I didn't actively seek those people out. For one thing, I was 25 and thought I knew everything. So I have since learned that I've gotten less knowledgeable every single year of my life, it seems like. I have a better understanding of what it is I don't know. And the roundtable is there to help you 
know what you don't know or to be there to support you when you need a question answered or you need to have support in some way. So this is a part of your network. In my networking workbook, and we've done episodes around this, it's called Your Sustainability Squad. This particular group is what I call advisors, but a lot of people do refer them to them as a roundtable. And I think it's very fitting. Even when we go back to that Arthurian legend, where we're looking at that round table with all of the wisdom of the kingdom sitting there to help the king make better decisions. Does that help explain it a little bit? Yeah, it really does. And when I think about the examples that we're getting ready to cover of people that might be in your roundtable, it just makes me think that this is also so essential because it allows you to, to do the actual work that you need to do to run your business. And it reminds me that there's no reason for us to, first of all, do everything and that we're not the experts on every single piece of every little part of this industry or industries that are connected to ours. And it's crazy, like you said, when you were 25 years old, to think that you can do everything and that you don't need these people in your life and that you really do need to be actively seeking them. So, yeah, this is going to be a great discussion for some people. And it also makes me think that it makes me remember, Okay, these are the folks on my roundtable. And here are some areas that I could probably add a couple more seats to the table. Okay, so the more seats you have at the table the more well-chosen seats that you have at the table, let me put it that way, because if you get too many voices involved, it it becomes confusing. But the more well-chosen seats that you have at the table, the more well-rounded you're going to be to be able to rise to the challenges that your business presents you or to sustain growth moving forward, both of which are incredibly important in growing a business. So let's go over the big three. I'll run over that real quickly. So the first one of the big three is when you're choosing the people for your roundtable, choose for people that are going to invest their expertise in you. So there is a little bit of an investment from your behalf, possibly to pay some of these people for their services. However, you're also going to ask a little bit more of them and ask them to invest with you to make that relationship better. So I'll get into that with an example if that feels a little bit strange as as an introduction to one of these. And then the second of the big three is to make it a practice to stay in touch with your roundtable. So for just for your knowledge, these are not businesses that you Google, write down the phone number, or keep them in a little book on the side of your desk. Your roundtable are people that you actually spend time with, maybe not in a group setting, but in a one-on-one setting. And then the final of the big three is to keep a record of that roundtable so you can reach out to them without thinking if you need them for a specific situation. So I'll go ahead and start in on the first of the big three, and then Kara's got some great examples here for you. So first of the big three is to look for people who are going to invest that expertise in you. And do realize if they are professionals, you may be paying them. So for examples for this for people would be maybe an insurance agent. So I know for me, I actually have more than one insurance agent because I have more than one thing I need to insure. But I'll talk specifically about an insurance agent that Kara and I both share a relationship with, and her name is Brianna. And she is with Great American Insurance. I can't remember the the actual agency name. It shifted from Hayes Companies to something else recently. But Brianna is, it's important to 
occasionally have a discussion with Brianna about insurance or if we have a question about insuring something specific, like Kara's working on insuring a workshop that's coming up and she has a specific insurance question about that workshop, she needs to feel comfortable with emailing Brianna and saying, hey, I need your expertise on this. What are your thoughts around it? Is this covered under my policy? Can you translate it for me so that it makes sense? Because insurance is hard. It's not something that we completely understand. And it's it's something we hope we never have to use, but there are people whose lives are centered around understanding insurance and making sure that you are insured. And yes, we pay Brianna for her time and effort by purchasing a policy through her, but in in a lot of capacities, even though I don't think either of us have formally asked her to sit on a roundtable with us, which is part of the process you should probably do here. But to be able to have that person that you can reach out to and say, I have an insurance question that I need to ask. You need to be comfortable enough with your insurance agent to be able to do that, to know that that person is there to be able to support you, that they're not just going to take your money, provide the base of the service, and then not get involved further. And it's my understanding from the people that I have had sit on my roundtable over the years in this capacity, like an insurance agent or an attorney or a bookkeeper or somebody like that, that they actually like this investment from the person that is hiring them because it means that they'll be able to better do their job because I'm more engaged and attached to them. In other words, that relationship helps us both. It helps me get the answers I need, the advice I need, the forward motion that I need, and it helps them know my business and me better so that they can provide whatever happens to be that service better. I know for attorneys in particular, you know, it's like I I wish sometimes you come back to them and they'll I wish you would have told me you were doing that so that I would have known how to advise you in, in being able to do it to a way that would not open you up to whatever situation that you're in. So it's just nice to be able to have those people on board. And I want to run over a very specific example of of a business that would have a roundtable member. So we talked a lot about this before the podcast, and we picked having an equine boarding facility as our example for this. So let's say you're the manager owner of the equine boarding facility. There are people that you would want to have sit on your roundtable, obviously the attorney, the accountant, the bookkeeper, the insurance person. But beyond that, you might have an equine body worker that is on your roundtable. And if you have a horse, let's say, in your charge that you're taking care of is on full board with you and you notice that horse has a certain lameness. And you maybe want to have a discussion with the owner about the lameness. Maybe the horse came with the lameness. But before you do, you want to be able to intelligently talk about it. You might be able to have that person, that equine body worker who comes to your barn often. They have a good relationship with you. You might want to be able to pick up a phone and say, hey, I just have a question. Here's what I observe in this horse on a day-to-day basis. What should I advise the owner to do in my capacity of being able to do that? And and in that case, you're kind of sitting on the owner's roundtable as well. So these sort of stack up in concentric rings with each other in this example. 
But having that person that you could reach out to and be able to make contact with and know well enough that they could advise you on what you should do. Because if you're taking care of a horse that comes with lameness, that could open up you to liabilities, that could open up you to situations that would put your business at risk. And wanting to be able to have that discussion with somebody is really key and integral. So other examples that that particular individual might choose would be a vet or a farrier, equine dentist, the equine photographer. Of course, everybody needs an equine photographer on their roundtable. Well, yeah, I had to make sure that was in there. Trainers, equine therapies, animal communicators, transporters, saddle fitters. All of those are people that you might want to invite to your roundtable so you have them to be able to consult and speak with. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think you said that so well. You took our example and really, really showed a way that that would be useful. And I think what it comes down to is it's like, once again, you don't have to be the expert on everything if you have incredible people at your roundtable that can help guide you, that you can refer to, that you can outsource to, that sort of thing. And it's always nice to have a fresh set of eyes or outside opinion even to challenge you when you need it. And having people that are willing to say, hold on, let's look at this from a different perspective can be such a valuable thing. They can bring different ideas, diverse perspectives, people who are from different backgrounds or maybe have different experiences in the industry, different skill sets. I mean, you can't have every skill set. You can't have all the education. So having those people that have some of those other pieces that kind of help round that out. Having people that have different areas of influence in your industry, in the community can be really huge. And then just always the connection side of things, like making connections. We all know how one connection can lead to more connections down the road. Either that is through new clients or for new potential vendors, just new people we can work with, new clients, all of that. Sometimes something as simple as just having people out there that can validate you and your business to their center of influence. So a great example is when we go back to our original example of someone who maybe owns a boarding facility or runs a boarding facility, if they have a good relationship with an equine dentist and they've been working with them for a while, and then one of the equine dentist clients needs a place to board their horse, like that's coming up different, and you are someone that they can be a center of influence around and can validate you as a business owner and can direct those people to you. So that is a nice way that that kind of all comes full circle. I mean, I just don't think that the networking piece of that can be understated as well. No. Yeah, absolutely. And there are areas where Members of, of your table, of your round table, can provide financial support for you as well. There may be opportunities for that where they want to invest in your business or they want to invest in helping you grow your business in a certain way. And that could be because they believe in you or maybe being a part of your round table makes you part of their round table and it benefits their business as well. Absolutely. All of those are great things to look at. And to understand about building out your roundtable and knowing who these people are. And I'm going to reiterate again the big three item here that I think is the most important for the people you choose here. Make sure that they're people that are willing to invest their expertise in you, that are going to show up in this capacity. Not every vendor or advisor that you work with is willing to do that. There are ones that just simply aren't. And if you want to go with that company as your chosen company to work with, then maybe look for somebody else to be an advisor in that area. 
sometimes we have friends that are in this areas that show up, you know, maybe they're an insurance agent, but they don't do insurance that would cover your specific business. But they have a good understanding of insurance and you can feel like it's okay to ask them the question. So it's ideal if you can match the two things up, but sometimes it just doesn't work that way because some people do not want to sit in that advisory capacity. So just be super mindful of that and don't encroach on somebody else just because you do business with them. Yeah, they may not have the time. Yeah, that could be altogether true. Another set of people that you might be interested in and having an advisory capacity around are like a marketing expert where they are able to help guide you in your marketing. I know that's a big one for a lot of the people that I know. And I actually serve in that capacity for several people, including some people who are not my clients. And I'm not going to spend six hours on the phone with them or do a full program. But if they have a question, I'm okay with them calling and asking that question. Because I really, truly do want to see most people be successful, all people be successful. Yeah, so that that helps us understand. And another thing too, so for our boarding example, that person who would send out the, the horse that's lame to be able to give that person a avenue by which to get their horse sound again in a very good way. All right, let's move on to number two, to make it a practice to stay in touch with those people that are on your roundtable. So a relationship, you guys, requires two individuals to communicate with each other. In other words, it can't be just one-sided. You can't decide that this individual is on your roundtable and then never speak to them unless you need them for something very specific. Sometimes you have to reach out and just have coffee. And again, A lot of these people, you know, if you're asking a question, pick up the tab for coffee or lunch or see if you can get a 15-minute Zoom meeting. Be super respectful of their time, but just a touch base as in, I want to just say hi and see how your business is going and see what's up in your world and make sure that you build that relationship over time. And also with the people that are also providing you with services like your insurance agent, it's a good idea to do an insurance audit every single year to go sit with your agent for a few minutes and say, hey, am I sufficiently covered? This is what's changed in my business. What's changed in insurance law? Which, you know, And that's true with attorneys and accountants and bookkeepers and all of those people. I mean, accountants in specific, the tax laws shift and move every single year. Now, do not call your accountant during tax season and say, would you like to have coffee with me? Call them in in a different time of year when they're not buried with clients that they have to, to get a, a April 15th deadline or a March 15th for business taxes deadline. Make sure you get in touch with them outside of that period of time and say, hey, let's sit and have coffee. And can you tell me a little bit about what shifted and changed in your world? And I'll explain the same from my end. So it's building a relationship with the people that we work with. We do not own our businesses in a vacuum. It may feel like we work as solopreneurs, particularly alone a lot, but we're really not. There's a whole team of people out there that's involved with our business, and it's important to keep in touch with them. And Kim mentioned several like bigger things like going to coffee, scheduling meetings. I think there's a lot of other small things that you can do to continually nurture and kind of just be on their mind so that when you do need them, they're there. Things like including your roundtable folks in your holiday card, 
you know, if you send out cards, sending, you know, if you make referrals to them, like I make referrals to people on my roundtable all the time. I am always sending people in their direction and I will shoot them a quick email or a text message and say, hey, just a heads up, I'm sending so-and-so your direction. If she pops in, just wanted to let you know. Little things like that, just letting them know that you're supporting them and that you're thinking of them. If you send out holiday gifts to your clients, think about the people in your roundtable too. Is there a gift you can send to them? Just something to kind of nurture those relationships and let them know that you appreciate the work that they do for you, the thought that they put into you, the fact that they'll take your phone calls when you need someone to take a phone call quickly or answer a question quickly. I can't tell you how many times I've needed a quick answer. I've shot a text to one of my advisors and just said, I just need this answer really quick. I'm super sorry. Can you? And they'll respond to me because I've taken the time to nurture in advance. And I've been there for them if they've needed me, that sort of thing. Absolutely. It's just, it's so important to build relationships with the people in your kingdom, in your business's kingdom. It's critical to be able to do that. All right. So the last one of our big three is to keep a record of your roundtable so that you can reach out without thinking if needed. And this, if you do number two, to be honest with you, number three should come really easily. However, there are times that we don't always have time to keep up with number two and things happen. So make sure that you cognitively keep track of the people in your roundtable. And I advise you to ask that person to say, when you put a person in your advisory committee, don't install them without their permission. Make sure you say, I'm building a resource for my business and I would like to add you to that resource list. Are you good with that? And please do not get offended if the answer is no. Sometimes people, like Kira said, don't have time or they don't have the bandwidth, or maybe they don't feel like they're quite at the level that they need to be in your specific situation as well-informed in your specific situation. So animal-based businesses in particular, there are a lot of nuances that our specific industries and even the industries within our industry need to know about. And somebody may say, no, I'm not comfortable with advising you there because I just don't know all of those nuances and it wouldn't be appropriate for me to do that. So make sure you invite the person. And then once they have agreed then I highly recommend that you put their information somewhere where you can always lay your hands on it. Maybe give them a special designation in your phone contacts or possibly keep a private Google Doc that has their contact information in it. So if you need to get in touch with them, you can get in touch with them very easily and quickly without having to think about it. So if you've done number one and you've chosen people who want to invest their expertise in you and you've done number two and kept up with your contacts, if you get in a situation where somebody has an accident on your property, God forbid, and now they're saying, I'm going to sue you for this, now's the time that you need to be able to contact your attorney and your insurance agent and have them both in your pocket to be able to say, this is what happened today and I need advice. What are my next best steps? You don't want to be fumbling around going, oh gosh, you know, I lost that attorney's phone number and then I haven't kept in touch with them and they've moved offices to somewhere else or 
my insurance agency has like shifted and moved to somewhere else and I don't know my agent's name or phone number. So I've seen businesses that don't know either of those things. And it's like, really, how do you walk through world? Well, I have insurance. You do have insurance, but the problem is, is you don't know your agent's name. So who are you going to call and who's going to be on the other end? And will they even be the type of person to have a vested interest in what you're doing? Yeah. And I would I would take it a step further. If there's someone you're thinking you're going to have to refer potentially clients to, you know, going back to our original example of the boarding facility owner, find out how they want to be communicated with so that if you're going to be referring people to them, that way you know immediately how to give them the correct phone number or maybe they prefer email or maybe they have a different system that they want you to use. And you're really going to endear yourself to them if you aren't scrambling or sending clients to their personal cell phone number when they want it to go through a business number, or if they have a contact form on their website they want everyone to fill out prior to engagement. If you can find out that kind of stuff, that's going to make a big difference in kind of making them someone that that they want to continue to work with. Also, ask them to include you in updates if they change their contact information or they change how they want to be communicated with. Or if they leave the business that they were working with that you were using, or if they move to a new location, if you want to keep working with them. This is big. Nothing used to frustrate me more in my previous career than when I would have a list of resources that I regularly referred people to crisis in, only to find out that my client contacted them and they were either no longer in service, no longer providing that service. They no longer worked there. Their phone number had changed. That is so essential and it really helps credibility on both ends. Absolutely. And also, you don't want to have a problem arise in your world that you need an advisor for and call your advisor and your advisor is no longer at the company. That's shocking as I'll get out. So that actually happened to me this last year. The banker that I have been using for many, many years retired and I didn't get a notification or I didn't see the notification. That could be too, because he retired in the fall when we're in the middle of all of our travel season. And when I called to talk about my loan payment and wanting to make a change to a different payment arrangement, I called and asked for him and they're like, he's retired. And I felt so lost. And I was like, darn it. And I kicked myself because I'm like, normally I check in with him every six months or so. And I felt really bad because I hadn't checked in because I'd been through some health crisis and some other things. And it really was shocking. And it took me a moment to get to know the new person that had taken over. And and so I was, I now have to have a different email address and all of those kind of things. So yeah, I totally agree. Make sure that one, you keep up the relationship on your end. But two, if you're somebody who sits as an advisor for other people, make sure you let them know if there's a change in your world or a change in your job or you're retiring or moving. Because you may not realize how many lives you impact and how shocking that is on the other side to like pick up the phone and say, you know, I want to talk to this individual and and be told that they're no longer there. You don't want to be in an emergency situation either and then have to re-explain your entire business model and what you do and your connection to the organization all over again when you really just need a quick answer because you've got a problem in front of you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You don't want to have there. to give your life <laughs> life history to the next new person that's in line. So yeah. Absolutely. 
roundtables are, it's one of those things I think that we feel like we can neglect as business owners because it's like, okay, I don't have a specific need right now, or I've fulfilled those needs, and but I don't know what that relationship is with that organization, and I don't know if I want to call them up and find out at this point. But the truth is, is that these are the people that support our business. They are the, our fellow members at that table. And yeah. it's important for the health of the kingdom for all of us that we keep in touch with them and that we build those relationships and do our part and then also hold them accountable for doing their part. That's right. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode today. We hope you enjoyed this episode today. Once again, come find us online. We're at The Business Animal on Instagram and Facebook. And we would love if you guys have enjoyed some of our episodes to let us know. We are currently looking for some updated reviews on um, anywhere that you listen. So if you guys could do that, we would really appreciate it. It takes just a couple seconds, but something that takes you guys a couple seconds is huge for us. So we'd love for you to rate and review and let us know that you are enjoying the show. Wishing you guys all a good day. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.